0: this episode is brought to you by wisconsin cheese did you know that wisconsin wins more national and international cheese awards than any other state or country learn more about wisconsin's cheese making history at wisconsincheese.com
1: this week on meat and three we're telling the stories behind iconic dishes we learn what it will take to save new york's most famous egg cream discover the importance of the goat neck in the East Village, and take a trip to India for delicious flatbreads.
2: Our customers who come in to get egg creams and t-shirts, they love to talk
1: about their childhood, or their teenage years, or their college years.
3: I was living in uh, Nepal, in northern India, and out there, there's a real famous
0: dish, a uh, classic dish, I should say, is called Paya. Parathe Wali Gali. Or, as it awkwardly translates in English, the lane of
1: the stuffed flatbread makers is probably one of the most popular food streets in Old Delhi. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I think we have some ghosts in the room today for the main course OG.
4: It's the Roberta's Orchestra, Solar Myth Orchestra.
2: Today is Thursday, October 31st. That goes without saying. I am Emily Pearson, and this is the main course OG. I'm here in the studio with my co host, Patrick Martins. I'm
3: looking here at our esteemed hosts and guests, and can swear to God that I am terrified right now.
2: What are we hearing? A little bit of. Uh, who are we bringing back from the dead today?
3: Patrick. Recent happenings <laughs> of the week
2: The Nationals won last night.
3: What a game! Wow. That's Brandon Hoy. Actually, this is Mike Edison. <laughs>
4: there he and is then, in
2: disguise.
3: And Brandon Hoy?
4: Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Patrick, you're not going to do me?
3: Um, I, uh, That's a very good impression right I, there. I, hey, well, I, I'm sure all the guests are very happy to be led by me, Emily Pearson, who will be doing a majority, a lion's share of the talking for the rest of the show. Don't interrupt. No one interrupt. I'm Emily Pearson.
2: I'm Patrick Martins. (laughs) All right. Good morning, everyone. We're going to jump right in to a game of Word Association. I love Halloween.
3: This is the best day ever. Me too. Happy Halloween, everybody. I
2: picked Mike up this morning, and uh, he came with like four bags because he had all of his uh, sound stuff. And
4: and this is what I'm giving out for Halloween this year. We have chocolate eyeballs. And candy cigarettes, which I'm so thrilled they still make.
3: Economy candy.
4: Economy candy rules.
3: That's going to be one of our questions uh, later in the show. Favorite candy.
5: Economy candy will have uh, candy cigarettes well past when real cigarettes exist.
3: Are they eventually <laughs> like, going to have
2: candy cigarettes Yeah, candy, yeah candy vape. I think candy vape could be a thing.
4: That's right. I was not running out of time this morning. I didn't have time to put the rat poison on the candy corn. Oh, I yeah. did get, but I did get the razor blades and the apples, though. Do people still poison candy? Okay, let me tell you. There has not been one documented case in the history of uh, of Halloween of anybody getting a razor blade in an apple. Okay, well, th- th- because th- they th-
3: don't give out apples.
4: Well, this is, this is an urban myth. It doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, we're giving some kids some LSD. It doesn't happen. Why would an adult give a kid a perfectly good LSD and not take it for themselves? It makes no sense. <laughs>
2: Noted, save the drugs for yourself.
4: Don't give them to the
2: kids. So, we're going to jump into the game of word association. We've selected a word for each person. You have to respond in 10 seconds or less, fast pace. We'll start with our co host, Mike Edison. Mike, your words are inebriation and the carnivalesque.
4: I think we're living it right now. (laughs) Inebriation on the, the carnivalesque. Yeah, Actually, That's... the
2: carnival is when
3: things go upside down. The high becomes low, rich becomes poor. So you actually appear talented right now, which <laughs> makes me think that, yes, we're in a real circus.
4: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real richest to rag story. You guys do uh, Mischief Night? Anybody still do Mischief Night? What is Everybody? that? Because it's right, because you're a prep school upper east side boy. You don't know.
3: Mischief night. I've learned to mischief fear night?
4: it, but I don't know. Is what that it when is. you like? You night is
2: that when you like put a pumpkin on the top of a building? No,
4: it's like when you go TP your like English teacher's house. You then know, you soap up some windows. I think that's you, what you happens realize in the every suburbs. night. Is Misfits night for me? Uh, misfits night. Yeah. Oh, m- mischief. mischief night. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know. All right,
2: Brandon. Your word is ecstasy.
5: Oh. <laughs> Who has some? Let's do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we are we allowed to call it Molly at this point, or we that just... word
2: was open to interpretation? You could have answered that in any way you it's want. It's not I'll gender tell you this.
5: neutral. I'll tell you this: drink your water because <laughs> it's going to be a long night. And I'll tell you, I will get up to get down on you know only a couple hits of it. Wow. Really? Do you microdose? I, you, you Have should you see, ever? You, you should see the dance moves I got. I Have really, you ever microdosed? Those all like microdose ecstasy? Yeah, don't. I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think ecstasy is a, the type yeah, of drug that you take in small amounts. Like I, I'll, I'll microdose some like acid, a little couple drops in your eyeball, just to you know heighten some senses
4: to pass but your Monday uh, morning. I, I know because ecstasy is like acid light anyway. When ecstasy was invented, I just looked around and saw who was taking it. It was like you know yuppies and like teenagers. It's like get some acid, grow the fuck up. I'm too straight edge. I'm
2: I'm too straight edge for this show.
4: (laughs) All right. So
3: now, let's get a little more serious.
2: We have two uh, really awesome guests in the room with us today. Jack McGarry, cocktail virtuoso, walking drinks encyclopedia, and co-owner of the Dead Rabbit Bar here in New York City. Your word, or words, in honor of Halloween. We have boo, booze, and Boo. Patrick came up with this. Patrick, how do we describe this? Well, it
3: was booze. These are parts of booze. Derivatives of booze has boo, which is a Halloween. We tried to stick to the Halloween theme. So what do you think of booze? I mean, what's your association? Like a Rorschach drawing? Like, what are the words that come to mind? Jack. Jack, sorry. Which one? Jack. That's Jack. Jack, when you hear booze. Patrick's being completely
5: confused by all the sound. What do you think? All All these Irish
3: names. Jack Jack James? Yeah. Jack
6: James and Sean James. Okay.
3: (laughs) Sounds like a rapper's. Go, what, what do you think? When you think booze, your whole career is around booze. So. I wish
6: I had some right now to join them with you guys. <laughs> we offered. You can't say we didn't offer.
2: All right, Sean Muldoon, I hear you're ice obsessive, detail obsessive, and the creative force behind the merchant in Belfast, Ireland, and now the dead rabbit here in New York City, along with Jack. What's your mean? word, bar wench.
3: What is a bar winch? Yeah, we, you don't know what a winch I know what a wench
7: is. I don't know what a bar winch.
3: Oh, like uh, well I was thinking of the medieval inn, you know, you would be a a, a person going on a pilgrimage and you A would bar winch is
5: the is pretty much the same as a winch. A winch draws something in, right? It, it like pulls a truck closer, right? A winch just lures men into a bar. A bar winch.
3: I thought that was the bar keep. She was a barkeeper who was just an old. I don't know. I just made
5: that whole thing up anyway, so it doesn't really matter.
3: But like the bartender throughout history, who I, was that person? Like, thought, what's your word association I, with bartender? I thought he said bar wrench, and I'm thinking the thing you, you
7: yeah you, you fix the yeah. keg yeah. when it would it's not that, working. That's, oh. that's what I thought you were talking about. I was like, what is a bar wrench? Um, a bartender um, somebody that entertains a host uh, makes you feel welcome I
3: see interesting entertains do you guys entertain when you're there or are you talking to most of your guests who are sitting at the bar
7: <laughs> we to we the entertain problems. each other I see
2: <laughs> are you guys there every night every day every day
7: do you ever work nights no our, our work is ten, tends to be done during office hours.
3: I see, I see. And so, are you doing a lot of like uh, Gin Gibson's for high powered Wall Street
7: CEOs and stuff? We don't do Gin Gibson's. Somebody else does Gin Gibson's. (laughs) I see.
3: What's an Irish cocktail?
7: Tipperary. Irish coffee. Irish coffee?
4: We're famous for our Irish coffee. Ah, but wait, what is. Wait, for
2: your Irish coffee or your iced Irish coffee? Irish coffee.
4: So, why is your Irish coffee. Better than my Irish coffee, except for the fact that, like, I'm a Jew from Brooklyn. But, 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 but what, what, what's in your Irish coffee that, uh, you know, puts it over? Okay,
7: so <laughs> <laughs> most people, when they make an Irish coffee, it's, it's like, not thought out properly. It's, it's got to be thought out like a cocktail. We think of ours like a cocktail, so it's constructed like a cocktail. Mm-hmm. It's all about balance and proportion so we fully believe that our irish coffee is one of the best that you can possibly get so we've, we've spent years developing this but what is it
3: tell us uh, this show loves to know a little bit the secrets of the finer foods in life so well, is po- it the cream is it
7: it's like it's like when nothing stands out and it all sort of works together in perfect harmony you mm-hmm. don't walk away tasting whiskey you don't walk away tasting coffee you don't walk away tasting cream
4: it's just everything together. Very nice. You know, I'm a big fan of what I call hobo coffee. I go buy some deli coffee, fifty cents, right? And then I go to the liquor store next door and I buy a little airplane bottle of Baileys or whatever they or, have or, or, for or, cheap, or, <laughs> or whatever, the, or whatever's less than two dollars. And then I will, I will mix it on the street like a hobo. I like go like spill out some of the black coffee and pour it and put the top back on. True contrast
2: here. We have the chef's perfectly blended with style of forming a cocktail, and
4: then we've got hey, hobo. We got coffee.
5: A hobo Mike. No one's ever, There's a place in the world for everything. You know, and then you
4: know, Hey, we were walking down uh, Broadway. I think that's what you wanted—little oboe coffee. You mean you know,
3: Zabar's
4: you know, neighborhood? <laughs> yeah, you mean Zabar Town? Zabarville? Zabar Heights? All
3: right. So Zabarsburg. Zabar'sburg.
4: But I've been doing that for years. You know, it's like because it's, in the winter in New York, you're walking around I want a hot coffee, and I like the Irish. Up, you... don't mind me saying so, boys? And that's a cheap way—cheap way, <laughs> cheap, cheap way to do it. You know,
2: is your coffee always spiked in the winter?
4: Mm. <laughs> no.
2: No. <laughs> so speaking of, speaking of drinks, our favorite royal, Meghan Markle, is obviously celebrating Halloween tonight. And, you know, she's been getting some shit in the tabloids over there in Britain, so she needs to loosen up a bit. What drink would you make her when she says, bartender, make me your house special? Harris coffee. <laughs> right? Sean, would that be yours? Yeah, a paint of. Guinness or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, I, I can't
5: wait to go to this bar. These two are real fucking entertaining. Let me tell you, no, but no. you full know of energy this morning. Do you, these you guys are...
3: normally not
5: wake up this early? Is that what's happening?
3: No, the Irish. I want to know is uh, you made an outrageous claim on your uh, email to us was uh, that you have the best Guinness in the city. So what is that? Is that how you keep it, and and it, therefore it tastes better? Uh, like, my wife is a cheesemonger, so she ages cheese, so under her watch, the cheese will taste better than under other people's watch. Is that what you do with the Guinness, or do you get access to a Yeah,
2: how a does your Guinness niche keg taste supply. better than everyone else's?
3: Yeah, we were interested in that. Okay. You want me to be serious? Yeah, you? yeah, we want to, have, serious. These are serious questions. We I have, have yes, two listeners who okay. want to okay. know. Okay. Okay, I so don't know. I'm kidding. We have like a <laughs> thousand eight hundred listeners.
7: So there's a bunch of different reasons why our Guinness is better. Um, one is obviously you've got to use it a lot; it's got to come through the pipes, uh, the the lines a lot. Uh, but the things that go on behind the scenes would be Guinness is stored at a different temperature than regular beer. It's stored at forty-two degrees versus thirty-seven degrees, so it's it's warmer, mm. um, which gives it a creamier sort of texture. Mm. But the biggest thing for us is obviously ambience comes into it. You've got to feel like you're in an Irish pub and stuff like that to, mm. to be transported. Um, but the big thing is the glass cleanliness, um, which is really really important when it comes to beer. So. We have a dedicated glass washing facility that is the size of a small bar, to be honest. With you. Wow. Um, so we we wash Guinness glasses twice. We wash them in uh, with detergent, and then we wash them again with non-detergent. So boiling hot water to take the strip the detergent back off, mm. and we have spotless glasses. Great. And this is
2: definitely the cleanest pub. I mean, so you're far gla- more the, than the the a glass pub. Is,
7: the, when it comes to, we've done studies in, in Ireland in all these pubs and throughout Ireland. What makes the perfect Guinness? And glasses and glass cleanliness is a big, big part of it. So it's what we do. It's different than most of the parts. Uh, once
4: upon a time in another life, you know, I used to work in the in the beverage business, right? This is, this is for real. I worked for Beverage World magazine, which is a trade magazine <laughs> for for um beer and soft drinks, not spirits. And I went to Guinness. I went to the um to in, in Dublin and to their headquarters in London. Um and they had at the time they had effectively had run this marketing campaign to popularize Guinness in America. At the time, Guinness, the impression of it was it was was a drink for old men, young people didn't drink it, they wanted to make it like chick friendly and youth friendly, and they did it by creating, uh, by partnering with bars, to create friendly Irish environments uh, by like making sure that um, there was Irish music that people liked. Ben like Morrison or U2, they'd always say that Ireland, for a very small country, had a disproportionately large cultural impact on the United States. 100%. People like Irish music, people like like Guinness. Um, but people weren't used to drinking Guinness. They had the impression that it was warm, that it was for old men. And he said, we effectively lowered the temperature a little bit, and we made the impression that, again, that, like, if you were in this bar, you needed to be seen with the Guinness in your hand and they like quadrupled their, their volume I mean mm-hmm. it's a tiny part of the beer market like a stock market but they quadrupled it you mm-hmm. know now, like Guinness in a short is amount its own of time thing, by cooking huh? up bars with, with musicians local Irish musicians and creating this environment that um, you know guys could go to to meet, meet girls and not just like you know old guys you know, it's an Guinness. experience. it and, sounds like. And teaching guys how to pour the perfect pint. That perfect pint uh, ad campaign was wildly successful. Mm-hmm. You know, because Americans aren't used to that. The two part, the two two part pull. Mm-hmm. You know.
3: I like the Guinness and Old Speckled Hen. Those are my favorite. I thought that might be English, right? Old Speckled Hen. That that's alive, like the Guinness. Things move in it. They settle. I like beers like that. Cask beers. And and whiskey. What what's the what's the go-to whiskey? For Irish people, Bushmills?
6: I mean, Powers? I mean, for us, we're hugely supportive of, uh, obviously, the entire category. We have the biggest Irish whiskey collection in, uh, in the Americas. We have close to 250 now. Um, so the biggest sellers would be the blends. So that incorporates at least two of the three styles that we make in Ireland. So you have the single grain, which is sweeter and lighter. You have the single malt, which is more floral and uh, citrusy. And you have the single pot still, which is creamier. And spicier, we prefer the single yes, pot still too. yeah because 'cause it's got much more backbone to it. So What's it called? A, like a red breast or a Pars John's Lane or a Pars Signature, they they really stand up, like particularly for American consumers that are used to the the spiciness of rye and bourbons, the uh, single pot stills really shine.
2: What's it called? Single pot.
6: Single pot still.
2: Single so pot. So that's the style.
6: That's what the category is called.
5: Could you give us an example of each of those each of those styles? Like yeah, that, so that Americans would know.
6: So the blends would be the likes of your powerhouses. So they'd be your Jamesons, your Bushmills, your Tullamore. So that's your, what you would have as your shot or in a highball and, and, and that type of stuff. Um, your single malts are made with uh, 100% uh, malted barley, and they can be either double or triple still the same way in Scotland. Um, and that, that's examples of those. Bushmills makes fantastic single malts. Uh, Kilbegan and Cooley make great single malts, and there's a whole uh, proliferation of other guys coming along. Um, and the single pot still is a combination of malted and unmalted barley which then uh, results in a much creamier, robust spirit. Um, and it can be double or triple distilled as well. Um, and the likes of red breast, powers, green spot, yellow spot, red spot, which is soon to come onto the market. They would be
7: the great examples for, for those.
2: Hmm. Obviously, Meghan Markle needs to have a, a whiskey. Yeah, she needs
7: to get the, an a, a Irish flight. whiskey. Uh, I think what you guys would love to know is how pot still whiskey came about. Um, all whiskey in Ireland used to be malted whiskey um, but, and then Britain owned the whole of Ireland and it imposed these malt taxes so everybody had to pay for their malt malted barley but so Irish people started blending malted and mal- unmalted mal- barley so they didn't have to pay the tax hmm. and Irish people started developing a taste for it. I love it. So that's the part yeah. that's, 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 that's the part you guys were like.
3: Scheming. <laughs> well next time someone tries to mix the malt that's what I'm going to call it. I mean that's what's it called? Triple... Say again, what that uh, one is?
5: First of all, Patrick single didn't single pay pot attention pot to anything. No, just I did <laughs> He's like, Can I, you these are words, it? new
3: words. I'm, They're I'm very kind of new. Yeah, for uh, sure. Is, there,
2: pot is there, the pot still, yeah. Is there an Irish-made candy brand that we have here?
6: Oh uh, well, Henry. <laughs> when we first came over here, American American chocolate sucked. When we first came over here, it's got better. Um, Since you got here, what well, Cadbury's I mean, is there's good. There's other people here making chocolate. Well, they got here, TV. and Hershey's
5: like heard their call, their calls for for change, and they were like, let's well, we're gonna spice up these Hershey's. Hershey's- Do you guys have oh, Cadbury there as well, yeah. England? Yeah.
6: Yeah. Hershey's is the worst chocolate ever. It's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Really, really
2: bad. <laughs> well, in New York and in Brooklyn, especially, we have a lot of you know bean to bar, more small batch. Milk, those but are those are milk-
3: I like milk chocolate.
2: I yeah. like dark chocolate, I mean, but we I have don't a like neighbor. Right I know here. we have fine, fine and, raw. and raw. We also have Raka in the family, so uh, there's it, some really. It cool... is true though,
4: candy bar chocolate does suck. I mean, you just get to a point where. Okay, know, well, you know, so on that note, what is, what, is is best, okay. what is the is best? What is the best candy?
2: It's what's okay. the best candy to give on Halloween, and what's the best candy to get?
4: We're giving out eyeballs. Eyeballs. These chocolate eyeballs. And they're nice because I think the (laughs) blue ones are filled with caramel and the red ones are like malted uh, milk balls. And the other ones, I think, have some crunchy crap. All right, Jack and
2: Sean, what are yours?
4: The sort of candy that we would (laughs) have
7: got growing up, you guys wouldn't be familiar with. You mean it has whiskey in it and it pops in your (laughs) mouth? I mean, like apple tarts or (laughs) cider apples or rhubarb and custards. But you can't
2: give that stuff on Halloween. It's not packaged.
7: No, it's basically when you went, people would have just given you like a... A plate of stuff. Right, but
2: now everybody's up. so paranoid. No, we
7: packaged our not, candy in, not at all. in a
3: Ziploc. <laughs> well, we combined, and I touched some candy that's not wrapped with my hands, but I didn't let the kids
7: touch. Do you know Chewits? Because they're disgusting. Do I know what? Chewits. Chewits. Chewies. The Chewits. They come in a pack. We would have them as kids. Okay. Also, yeah. uh, let's just think sticks. about this. Is
5: is Halloween for you? It's for kids. So what does a kid want? So I thought a kid about wants that- the biggest freaking candy bar that exists. No, They don't care. No, I, don't, like, I disagree. This one's
3: big. They want ring pops. They
4: last oh, an
5: yeah. hour.
4: No one wants a ring. They no, lost I know no, no, I'm going to agree with
5: this one. My kids definitely will search for the ring pops out of the, the candy. They, yeah. I agree. They yeah, don't cause even finish it. Because they're like, they, they're like they can't it. even. It's like a candy they could have for so long, they can't even finish it. They, like, get sick before it's done. Do you
3: know, I never liked as a kid, but I like now. I appreciate it. I ate a Jolly Rancher yesterday, and a kid cannot bite through it and rush the experience. They have to suck that thing till the friggin' end. And I like that. It shows patience. Okay.
4: This is how you're teaching your kids patience, by all giving right. them Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, they have but no you are teeth right. but they there's all, there's are patient all... at the dentist.
2: I found myself in the candy aisle, like, what am I going to buy? It's not Does for me to ours? eat. No, it was at the terrible Rite Aid on, um, on oh, Smith's you Street. shop Street. Oh, that is the
4: worst store of all time.
2: Worst Rite Aid ever on Smith Street. No customer service. Speaking of. I mean, it,
5: it depends on how popular you want to be as a candy giver, right? Because it's like you could go in there and overthink this, or you could just like buy the giant thing of Twix. No. And probably, yeah. Stay unique. Go yeah, eyeball. Do totally. Separate. Totally. And then, and then the ki- and then the kids walk away, and they're like, that fucking asshole. <laughs> Again, Mike Edison
3: foiled my bag with bullshit. No. No, they love <laughs> but
4: morals. by the way, if kids a kid takes, takes more than
3: one of my bags, I'm literally dragging him across the hallway. Oh, oh, no. I know. Don't, you, take don't, take don't you
2: have a sign oh, threatening no. all the children? No, I do.
4: There's a sign on my thing that says, no costume, no candy. That's where it starts, and if you don't say trick or treat, you get nothing. And if some kid is too old, I send them away. This is all written. And these kids, this, this is like I'm Larry Daviding the shit out of this. I got my own fucking rules, and you follow them or you leave. You know. He's
5: like the soup Nazi of of Halloween yeah. candy. No giveaway. candy
4: for you. That's how he doesn't I've actually people, end up spending away, any money like kids on that candy. that come like with these like they wear their uh, masks on their head because they get a little warm. I'm like, no fucking way. You put that mask on, and then you say trick or treat, and then we'll see what happens. Maybe. and there's a hierarchy <laughs> about who gets how many. Eyeballs. Like scary, like the mask really freaks me out. I'm anti princesses and astronauts on Halloween. Like you have 364 days of the year, so they could You're play by the rules. We're astronaut. you be a dead See, astronaut. Here, here's you the won't problem. give them candy. Here's the problem kids? here. This this is why this is
5: why people like probably don't come back to Mike's house after because they're like all this fucking bullshit for a goddamn fucking candy eyeball made out of the worst fucking chocolate in the world. I and and, he, he, and he he then they won. get then they get it and they're like, wait, we just went, we just got tortured by
3: this guy for a fucking candy eyeball. Alright, guys. <laughs> yeah, next yeah, but... question. <laughs> Let's keep the <laughs> Halloween theme. If you had to dress up as your power food, which could be a drink for Halloween, what is your power What would you be wearing right now? Your, your power food. People have power animals. They have power...
4: Oh, spirit, you're thinking of like spirit, spirit, spirit animals. Spirit, spirit animals. But okay,
2: oh, your spirits. power food or your favorite food. What would no, you no, be? No, power
4: food. What is? Who All are right. you as a food? I'm gonna be a pint of Guinness, like just like like the Kool-Aid man, but like put a pint of Guinness instead with a big smile on it. Oh my, like, <laughs> my power food would probably be like prosciutto or something.
5: I would be like a baguette, <laughs> just a giant fucking loaf of
3: bread. <laughs> Power food, favorite food, power food to dress as.
7: Well, you'd be a whiskey. I'd be a bottle of Lucasita probably. <laughs> a bottle of what? Lucasita. I don't they know, know what that Lucas-y? is. What is that? It's a glucose energy drink. Oh. it's, like, it's, nice, it's nice. pretty much a,
5: a can of Monster. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, but better. But better. We need
3: a, Where was that? Didn't we going to pay for someone to translate to su- some of these Irish terms?
1: <laughs> Lucasita. Of course,
3: your PR person is, like, totally. <laughs> Aren't
1: you
2: Irish also? Yeah, she's Irish. I love it. <laughs> Jack, what would yours be? Uh,
6: a sausage roll.
2: A sausage roll? A sausage roll. roll. Uh-oh,
5: hey, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. we all know. A sausage roll. Patrick.
4: Patrick, Patrick is, a pig in a blanket. Is, is
5: a sausage roll. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at Patrick now, and I see it. <laughs> I, 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 see, I see it. You are, the, you are the sausage roll. The one that's, like, left at the end of the night that's been sitting under the heat lamp. You know, yeah. and you're, you come into the pizzeria, and you're so fucked up, and anything will do, and it's like a sad. Soft, and you'll tall. pay five dollars for it. It's like it's it. like
5: outside <laughs> yeah. is soggy, but the skin of the sausage is sweaty. Yeah,
4: yeah. And the green the green pepper is like wilting. It's like it's it's like a tragedy of, of, of American agriculture. But but you know, but it's like no problem. This is what yeah. you want. This is what I need <laughs> right Speaking now. Speaking
2: of disguising, what is your go to sauce or spice for disguising food?
4: Whiskey. It My could fa- be
2: something bad. My favorite sauce,
3: so- actually, is Peter Luger sauce. It's the one I'll most eat over them, Or a very, very, very hot sauce. But Peter Luger, they just got panned in the press. They got satisfactory.
2: They didn't get a... Sa- yeah, no stars. no-star no review
3: from the New it. York and Times. And they did another article in the same issue. Ten steakhouses that are not this? Peter yeah. Luger. Yeah. Can
5: we talk about this? Yes. Yeah. Because like C- here's the thing. Like the the rise of the the steakhouse and the rebirth of the traditional steakhouse as it is has become so popular that people just got like the it evolved they stayed the same and it evolved, and that's what happened. And they got passed by. You mean and this the is... service
3: was shitty, the meat
5: wasn't cooked as perfectly? Hey, I love Peter Luger's for what it is, but but they just they they keep doing it how they do it, and like that's cool. But they're all the time. It's a great place, but but. People are going to be better than you eventually, right? I don't, yeah, they're still full. Also, I don't think they give a fuck what people say about them. And if I was them, I wouldn't either because you know what? (laughs) They're full every night and it's a great experience. The, it's a fun experience. They and they're won, like, you know they what? They a response. We're G- not gonna. Yeah,
2: the GM, who's the I think the grandson of the founders, said, you know, the reviewers come and go, the opinions and the the whims and everything. And it's...
5: Peter Luger's is still there. Exactly. And right. and I and I actually I actually agree with this. Like, they, they're standing they're standing tall and they're <laughs> true to their what they do. And hey, man, like like there's there is now better steakhouses than them. But it's still an experience that you can only get a Peter Luger's. All well, these other things. people, they just have better service. Yeah. They're like, everyone knows how to age a steak now. Like They're not they're not like in front of anything. Yeah. They, like you know Everyone knows how to do what they do. But do you know
3: to me about this whole steak but, thing, the underpinning all the articles? They all buy meat from the same three companies. So well, how so, different can yeah, they really be? What was in interesting his in
2: his answer. response, the GM, he said that someone in their family is their... Uh, is like their USDA like prime uh, purchaser for all their meat which I didn't think was true no, Don't the they just grandmother
3: buy pr- used to do that
5: he said that someone sure still is. does it's, the, it's, the, it's his sister I believe or, or maybe his aunt but it's what does that mean? That's
2: the person that calls Pat LaFrieda and says, "Hey, can no. I?" She
5: goes, chew she goes, USDA she line. goes to the to the lot and she chooses the sides of
3: beef. She yeah. goes and Based she walks through, and they start and and they choose. And you know like, who else that, did that? That's a lot. Adam of it. Perry Lang for yeah. Joe and Mario but at in Vegas. It did, yeah, that yeah. carnivore, uh,
4: carnivino, carnivino. That that steak was outrageous, though. That was a whole different level. But of, they were of going in... of steak. I mean, because been... I think they really had someone. I think the Peter
3: Luger person has not been there. No, they were aged in, like, in like a
4: cave under a mountain in Vegas you know <laughs> um, I was at Peter Luger re- recently and I concur with the Pete Wells review it sucked I was very service or food you know the service was fine it was just steak. it wasn't enlightened but it never was you know whatever the fuck that so means. can I ask but I the steak wrong, frankly was not good it was very very expensive for what it was and I've also been re- eaten recently at Sparks and um, Keen's and I've been to Keen's within the last year um, Smith and Walensky Smith and okay. uh, Walensky Smith and Walensky you go, go there every year with I go, your old uncle, I, I go right? There, I go there every few few months with a standing date with a eighty year old man. It's the only restaurant you know he knows in New York, um, and and that's not a great restaurant either. But it is very very consistent. And that's why he's in likes a nice it. neighborhood, and he likes it. And it's consistent. Um, uh, the the service there is pretty good. It's professionally, you know, in a steakhouse. There's the professional waiter. But what was the problem at Peter Luger's exactly? Uh, I I don't think this the steak was great. I thought that the service was hurried. I thought I you know what I like about Peter Luger's I like the menu. It's a steak. That's that's it. That's pretty much it. You know, you got to be crazy. I mean, they he talked about ordering the, the Dover sole. I mean, that that was one of the flaws. Also, also like like they they got
5: to make a fucking killing off all of the sides. Like they give you like raw tomatoes and onions, and it
4: costs like fourteen, <laughs> yeah, like seventeen dollars, like yeah. and then like uh, two slabs of bacon for twenty two dollars. Are they still cash like, only? Yes, and yes. that well, that's got to be the largest margin in like the history of like restaurants is the yeah. wedge of like like <laughs> iceberg lettuce for like fifteen dollars. The classic iceberg lettuce wedge, yeah, classic. It, you know, it's it someone farted a little bit of blue cheese on, and that's the solid. So, guys, <laughs> can I ask you when you go to great restaurants or
3: steakhouses, do most bars have a decent selection of Irish patrimony history Ooh. representation on the shelves, or do most people buy shitty? Irish things, or, you know, I think what's the quality of the liquor?
6: Definitely when we first came here, it was very, very poor, um, but since the Dead Rabbit has opened and since Irish whiskey, the category has expanded, we're, we're seeing a lot more Irish whiskey consumption in different styles. We ran in the bar before, uh, before Dead Rabbit opened and asked for their what whiskey they had, um, Irish whiskey, and they said they had none. Um, and we then asked, what do you, what, what whiskey do you use for your Irish coffee, and they said bourbon, mm-hmm. and that's, what, that's when we
7: realized we had to do something. But what the, that place was in Brooklyn, we're talking about, and uh, the thing is, it was a, it was a cocktail bar. And if you're a cocktail bar, if you if you promote yourself as being a cocktail bar, then you've got to be able to make classic cocktails. You've got to be able to make a margarita. You've got to be able to make an old fashioned and an Irish coffee is a classic cocktail. Um, so to make it with bourbon is like making a margarita with vodka. It's the same thing.
3: I will say there are remarkably few coffee drinks with alcohol in them. I'm always looking for one because. I want coffee sometimes in my drink. Like if we've been working and we have a work dinner or something like that and we're exhausted from cup pack, then, yeah. Yeah, I, we, was... I remember
2: we talked about this last year on the show. I think we were talking about, uh, like, the but there's the shakerado, which can is often, what is it, vodka?
6: The espresso martini. Yeah, the espresso. I guess the espresso yeah. martini. You
2: can call it a shakerado. Mm-hmm. Um, you call
4: sounds... it a shakerado?
2: What, a shakerado? That
4: sounds like very 21st century
2: A shakerado is an Italian iced coffee (laughs) in Italy, but I'm thinking if it's on a dessert menu, it's going to have alcohol
4: Listen, when I'm in Italy, I offer my, my cafe Corretto you know, I get, right? You hit me a little grappa in there. Yeah. It's not enough to get a real buzz, but it's enough to get that sugar and the caffeine yeah. cooking in my bloodstream. And there's just just the right amount. You know, we're not talking about a full measure of liquor. And in Spain, I order a caldillo, yeah. which is, you know, you know brandy. Or, or it can be rum, you know, after dinner. It's, you know, kind of trendy to order better liquor or good cognac, you know, if you want to. Correctly, it's done where you set the liquor on fire. You heat it up with the, uh, the you know, the espresso machine so you can ignite the leaf with the sugar in. You put the liquor on top of it. Ignite the liquor so it starts to... uh, right? And then you drip the coffee on top of it. And as you were saying, it becomes one seamless thing. You're not not tasting sugar, alcohol, and coffee. You're tasting this miracle of a thing called a katekio, which is basically the solution to all of life's small problems. Is the
2: coffee brand important?
6: Uh, not necessarily the coffee brand, more the style of coffee. So for a good Irish coffee, you would have to use a uh, a good quality French press. Um, big mistake a lot of bars make, they use filter that's sitting on the, the hot plate for too long and it takes it on a really bitter note. I like that they talk about um, that kind of stuff. And then also espresso would, would be would just dominate. Um, so you you, you, st- you tend to stick with a good quality French press and it blends really well. with. So the, how long
2: does it take to make an Irish coffee?
6: I mean, for us, we've got it down to... I think we've done a video recently where we were able to... Because the whole thing with the pint of Guinness is it's 119 and a half seconds for the correct pour. That's what they say. Wow. Um, and we, in that period, we did a video recently that we made uh, 20 Irish coffees in in that period of time. Um, because when we first opened, we were asked for Irish coffees because we were we were t- sure. trying to be this ultimate Irish bar and we weren't ready for it. Um, so the whole thing for us was to was to be able to execute a world qual- world class Irish coffee in, in 10 seconds. So we have uh, the coffee and the sugar sitting in a in a sous vide. Um, which we have at about 73 degrees and then we just pour an ounce of whiskey we top it up with this coffee and sugar mix and then we f- finish it off with cream that sits in a which sits in the fridge so it's, it's cold and you have the perfect li- liquid uh, underneath in terms of the heat um, and the cream has to be over uh, 36% fat content so you've got the contrast of the cream, the cold cream the right the right uh, heat underneath so you're, you're able to drink it because another mistake of hot drinks um, is that they're extremely hot, then it takes forever to drink them, so we want the Irish coffees to be drank in quick succession.
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah. So well, you, open, you say, open at 11 a.m. I think we need an Irish coffee. Yeah, yeah I
5: was like, I, I, this sounds so delicious. I'm like, None I, I wonder thing. if I have time to sneak this in before
3: <laughs> Halloween starts. Do you guys make a Patrick Martins? Ooh. That's one ounce of, of uh, Irish whiskey, one ounce of sonar, a shot of espresso, squirt of simple syrup, and are in zest.
2: Who named it after you?
3: I named it after myself just now <laughs> yes I took it but I like that one ounce of great Irish whiskey the triple kind ounce uh, of <laughs> one ounce of sonar <laughs> shot of espresso can be any I like he's like all this about the thing and you're like does the coffee matter he's like nah no, uh, but the way, I mean, it, no, it the way matter. you brew, no, it, the, doesn't matter. Every, it
5: sounds like everything's matter. I no, think he's yeah, what yeah. he's saying is like I, it doesn't I, I, matter as like, long as it's what the, the brand of coffee. Yeah, is. yeah, as long as it's drip. Well,
6: we use an Indonesian coffee because it has the right earth- earthiness and chocoliness. Um, but again, if you if if it's a good quality bean in your putting it through the french press it's going to it's going to You're be not going to use
5: like a single origin Ethiopian coffee that tastes yeah. like grapefruit yes. and flowers. <laughs> yeah. right? So what is right? an Irish like coffee you're looking co- for <laughs> you're looking for a rich like, rich like, earthiness. like yeah. earthy yeah. like chocolatey yeah. caramel notes
4: yeah, type of coffee. What does
2: an Irish coffee cost?
4: Uh, Let me guess. Uh, $14. Mm, I was going to say yeah, 12 Okay, the hobo coffee. Really? Yeah. The hobo coffee, the deli coffee is $0.50. Cents. I was going to say 12 okay, but I was the... like, yours is the best. So yeah. buy 14.
2: Yeah. I was between 12 and 14 See, when well,
6: we make our own glasses as well. We have our own uh, glass that we created. Um, you also have
2: to account for the cost of <laughs> dishwashing your glassware twice.
6: Oh, yeah, by the way,
3: the Patrick Martin needs to be in a very clean glass. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Only a few smudges on the, the rim. The funny thing
5: is, is, that doesn't really sound like a Patrick Martin to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if it was a, re- a true Patrick Martin, it would be a really dirty, dirty glass. Cup, yeah. yeah, it'd be All kind, my of martinis nasty. Are dirty martinis kind of nasty. Kind, kind of nasty, like smudged cup. By it'll the be, way, good. I don't
3: like dirty
5: martinis.
4: It'll, I like martinis. about uh, whatever. The dirty martini. I, you know, I came around. I like it slightly dirty. Is Why? Because, really? you know, I do. Cause I like the brine. I don't want it to be overwhelming. I like I, Gibson's
3: because you know, they have the uh, onion in there, and that gives me the brine I want. You but you like, I don't like, want it like, you dirty. You have a taste for gin, though. But
4: I, I do. I thought that was like, you know, at first it was like this was some sort of abomination, like changing the... Recipe of a classic martini, but I do like a little, a little bit of the brine. I like it with olives. So can we get some? I, scary... I like just
5: gin, like in a big, huge cup, Old gin. <laughs> like, oh. or in like a thermos. Like you gotta sneak it around. It's like it's like vodka. You just put it in a water bottle. Nobody even
3: knows. So Too we saved minutes. our scariest question for the last one before we do a quick rapid fire interview with these guys. Can we get some music for the scary question? We
2: need to channel the the dead. We're bringing back the dead a little bit.
3: We've heard that for every living person on the planet today, there are 10 people who have died. Once again, that means that everyone, for all the people who've ever lived in history, there's 10 of them dead for every one of us living on the planet today. If you could bring back just one person, famous or not, to have a drink with, who would it be? And why? Emily. Grandma Pearson? Nana Marge, no. Uh, Esther the molester. Your weird
4: aunt on your Nana father's was, side. was, was, Nana, Marge I, was Nana Marge a big drinker? Was she?
2: Nana Marge, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Nana Marge really liked her vodka. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and her pickled herring, and she made great cookies. Jews love that pick- was the extent Jews of her. Jews love pickled. This too. question can also be: <laughs> Who
3: were you reincarnated? Who was your previous person? This that's also an acceptable answer, as long as oh, they're dead.
2: What's your answer for that? Hey,
3: listen, I'm asking the question. Oh. So, um, Nana no, Mars? No,
2: no, I'd bring back my other grandmother who only passed away three years ago. Sidel oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Sloan. Oh, yeah. Great lady. Wait, you talk well, to
3: her. She knows you. She's like, What's happened with you? You'd be like, What happened to you? She's like, Nothing. I've been dead. Be boring.
4: It's a good thing <laughs> Nana's not here to hear this. I, we
2: said famous or not.
4: <laughs> okay. Mike? Uh, who would I bring back? Anybody. An- Julius Caesar, an- Brutus. An- anybody. Jimi Hendrix, Jesus Christ. Hank <laughs> Williams. I don't Jesus know. Christ! You know, no one ever says that. Always, there are always these seances, and people always want to bring back. Oh man, I really want to, you know, to you know, talk to like Janis Joplin or something. Really? You rather, Je- rather talk to Janis Joplin than Marcus Aurelius? Yeah, I never understood these, like, you know, this like. What about somebody around.
2: related to you, but generations and generations and generations ago? Nah. No. All right, forget nah. it. Just, <laughs>
6: he's trying to do away with the Edison <laughs> name.
3: Yeah. Brandon.
5: Anybody? I mean, I would just do a pol- Probably do a random poll of the graveyard. I'd just be like, "This guy looks good, Bob Evans. Man, he sounds like a cool fucking dude." 1840 to 1890. He, di- he died. He died with a 12-pack in his- the back of his truck. Let's ta- let's see what happened.
3: Oh sounds like God. a cool dude. Is that with that, would that be written on his tombstone? He died
4: with the 12-pack.
3: All right, good good answer. I'm happy you read the outline and and you, and for who, that question.
4: And, and who were you reincarnated as? Patrick? Bob Marley? What? Uh,
3: who would I have been reincarnated? Be I think I might. I think about I might have died in the Holocaust, and that I had all this potential. So that's why this in this life I'm so successful. Mm.
7: Oh wow, that's all right. Who, Real would you, who would you
2: guys bring back for a drink? Someone you've always wanted to meet.
7: I I'll be boring. That's fine. Because I'm going to be honest. Sure. Um, Hemingway. Oh okay, good. I'm just a big fan of Hemingway. I'm fun, was was writing. fun. I was, it was a product of was time. I understand that people like Hemingway wouldn't be around today and do what they did to Dan today. Well, he would have done it, but he would have gotten in trouble. Yeah, he would have gotten in trouble. (laughs) But uh, I just the time the, the yeah. place i just think he was a very interesting guy
3: have you been, ever been to his house in the florida keys i've been everywhere okay okay <laughs> i love uh, that that whole yeah. little part of the world i mean getting down there's a pain in the ass but man he lived in the night's house and actually he <laughs> bred a four-toed cat or a six-toed
4: cat the are probably done. and
3: there's thousands of them around the museum you gotta
5: take a trip to robbie's on your way out there and definitely don't miss woody's either if you guys oh, yeah, know about woody's. Woody's are you gonna classic. bring back
2: woody and robbie
5: I, on the I, way. I would actually, I would totally bring back Woody and Robbie. I don't know if Woody or Robbie are dead. Oh,
2: I just made them dead. I'm sorry. No, I don't know, I know think why. Like... Jack, you got anybody for us?
6: I'm gonna be very boring too. There's a very famous uh, soccer player from uh, Ireland, where we're from, called George Best. He played for Man United, so I think we could be doing with him right now because Man United absolutely suck right now. Oh. Uh, so, but he turns out. So
5: you would take your, you would take a shot on a ghost? Yes. As yeah. a wow, you guys must be really bad. Yeah, really, really. bad. Yeah. Like, right. I'm gonna pull Mike. This dead, this old dead. <laughs> dead guy out of the ground and see what he
3: can do. Mike would have taken Jesus, and Jesus is like, I'll do any magic for you. What do you want? Mike would be like, come down to the dead rabbit. He's like, can you change that Irish coffee from $14 to $10?
4: Thanks, Jesus. All right, we're going to take a quick quick break. He turned water to wine. My kind of Jew.
2: (laughs) All right, stick around. We'll be back shortly with uh, Jack and Sean from the dead rabbit.
0: This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Wisconsin has storied cheese history that begins with Swiss, German, and Italian settlers in the 1800s, and continues today with nonstop innovation and award-winning artisanship. Wisconsin was the first state to establish cheese-grade standards, and the first to require that every cheese plant be overseen by a licensed cheesemaker. It is the only place outside of Europe where one can pursue an elite master cheesemaker certification. All of this helps Wisconsin cheese win more national and international cheese awards than any other state or country. Take for example, Decatur Swiss Cheese Co-op, who have made cheese since the 1940s. Steve Stetler is a Wisconsin master cheesemaker who developed several new cheeses for the co-op, including a European style Havarti, a Swiss lace cheese called Stetler Swiss, and a Colby Swiss marbled cheese. His cheeses have won awards at the Wisconsin State Fair and the World Championship Cheese Contest. To learn more about Wisconsin's award-winning cheesemakers, visit wisconsincheese.com.
1: Join Heritage Radio Network on Monday, November 11th for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Join us to explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden, where you'll taste and imbibe to your heart's content, and bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Join the party. Tickets are available now at heritageradionetwork.org slash gala.
2: All right, and we're back with our extra special Halloween episode of The Main Course OG, broadcasting live from the back of Roberta's here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. We've got Mr. Mike Edison and Brandon Hoy on the theremin. Thank you. Thanks. Awesome. We are here in studio with Jack McGarry and Sean Muldoon of the Dead Rabbit here in New York City on Water Street. Uh, Tell us about the bar. What is it like being in the financial district? And we were talking earlier about the origin of the name.
7: Well, financial district, I've been here in the city nine years, and I've always sort of worked in and around the financial district, so I'm very familiar with the area. Um, When we first took on... The, the building, it was a bit of a ghost town down there, there was nothing happening after like 8 o'clock at night, so uh, but we thought we were offering something different. I knew the area, I was familiar with the area and I could sort of see why some bars weren't doing well and what, what I thought would make a good bar. So what we did was create an Irish pub that was true to Ireland, you know, because uh, a lot of the Irish pubs in New York are not, not anything like the pubs in Ireland, so we wanted to do something that people in Ireland would be very familiar with. And it's, it's worked for us because it's, it's, our biggest fans, obviously the local community, um, but the biggest fans we have are the average people that come to visit for a weekend or four or five days, whatever, um, they're just in the bar every day. It has, become a, it has become a big tourist bar. Because they've come from Ireland and they've come to New York and they still can't get enough of the local pub.
6: Yep, 100 percent right. <laughs>
7: it's like a home from home. So uh, they'll come with their suitcases and everything. It's 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 mad. Like as soon as they get off a plane, straight to the bar. Um, wow. It's it's. it's are uh, you?
2: I mean, are you highly promoted in Ireland, or it's that people no, are looking can see for it something? From Ellis Island, you can
7: see. Can you see plane. it as you
2: land at JFK? Do you have a little uh, it's a Irish antenna? Line.
7: We were the thing. We were we had this bar in Belfast. It was the Merchant Hotels in the middle of Belfast, and it was very famous. It was it one titles the cocktail best bar and all that sort of stuff. And um nobody nobody in Belfast really accepted it or understood it. They were like, uh, "Wise yourself up. You're not the best bar." That, that's the way they thought. But when you come and do it in New York, it's a completely different volume. It's like we talk like this all the time. It's like having a degree from one university and having a degree from Yale University. It's 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 a difference in degrees. Sure. When you are the best in New York, or whatever, you're the best. That's it. They accept that. So it's like we're. When you were in Belfast, nobody really came and appreciated it. But when you're over here, everybody loves it. So it's a, it's a, it's New York means everything to people back in Arizona. That's why I
3: was in Arizona once. I I was amazed. There was a place called
4: New York Uh, Carpets. uh, uh, (laughs) And I was like, I guess if you put New York in front of it. Yeah,
2: a lot of cities have New York bagels. Well, two things. First of all, have you
4: ever actually met anybody from Yale University? No, well, you would know because it only takes them about five minutes before they work it into the conversation, and that's where they went. But the other thing is, like, I guarantee you, if something says it claims to be New York style, the more it says New York, the less likely it is to actually be that thing. If you're in Key West and it says New York style hot dogs, count on it. It won't be. I remember I was in Florida um, vis- visiting one of my aging Jewish relatives, and the restaurant that we got sent to was called New York style Italian restaurant, and I thought that just was... The description, the tagline, it was going to be called. That was the name. It was called like Tony's, you know, Italian, you know, Italian generic style tires. No, it was actually just called Italian style New York or New York style Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. and they sold like buckets of veal parmesan.
3: They should just call it Tony Pepperonis. You would have believed it. So, so you
2: just told us you're uh, you're opening in New Orleans. Oh, shit. What's it going to be like going into a new market?
3: Yeah, they don't accept outsiders so much, uh, New Orleans. Like many, many shops don't.
7: They open everywhere, but not in New Orleans. I think it's like the Southern Hospitality, Irish Hospitality is very similar. Um we're very welcoming tribes and make people feel welcome. So I, I do think that because we're Irish we will have a lot in common with people in New Orleans. Um we've been to New Orleans countless times and um so we're very familiar with the French quarter and very familiar with the area. But obviously we're not from that area but I think I think we'll settle in well.
3: Now when you try to make a bar Irish comfortable, you're probably spending a lot more money. Mm-hmm. On things, woods and sheens and height of the bar stools. I mean, you're probably having to craft a lot of the stuff yourselves. You can't just go to Ikea and buy 80 chairs, right?
7: Just to give you that, like, I'm not bumming and blowing, uh, obviously, but you've asked the question, I'm going to answer it. But, like, the photographs on our walls, um, I'm talking about in the extension. We opened an extension at Christmas uh, just uh, in the new year there, and because the demand we needed to have an extension it was the bar was too busy and it was becoming too cramped and uncomfortable so we had to build an extension um, but the photos in that walls were like $80,000 that's an, that's that's how much it would cost to open a bar somewhere else mm-hmm. um, but it was $80,000 just on photographs um, we had a guy travel around Ireland for a month to get unique shots we told him what we wanted um, he went away with the driver we had to pay for the driver's accommodation his accommodation traveling expenses, all that type of stuff, and uh, they went to get framed, printed, hung, installed, and it's it's an $80,000, but people come into the bar, they're not expected to know that, we don't want them, this, this is how much that costs, but they what they know is, this is different.
3: Uh, that makes your little lion holding the lion cub in the Roberta's thing look real shitty now. That Billy Joel, one you didn't spend fifty thousand dollars or anything like that. What are you
5: talking about? Those are real pictures of Billy Joel and Christy Brinkley, and they're signed on the back. Oh, shit. yeah, by Bob Evans and uh, Woody and, uh, and Woody from Woody's. Hey, so are you guys anti Bill the Butcher? Is that
7: is, that, is yeah. that a thing? Yeah, so we're the film Gangs of New York that we're talking about, right? Um, there was a character, uh, the thing about that film that really, Great character. really character. The film about that, the thing about that film that really annoys both of us is the central figure in all of it, in the real gangs of New York, wasn't even mentioned, and it, it pisses us off because he was Irish. John Morrissey was responsible for killing Bill of Butcher in real life, and he's not even mentioned in that film, and he was a batter-ass in Bill of but- Butcher. He was a heavyweight boxing champion in America. He founded Saratoga Race courses, he was a congressman, he was a member mm. of the Senate, and he was a leader of the Dead Roberts, and he's not even mentioned in that film, and that pisses us off. So our bar is a homage to John Morrissey.
2: Oh, good for you. Is there a picture of him?
7: He's born in upstate New York. Sorry, he's buried in upstate New York. He was born in Ireland, but we have pictures. Yeah, our whole menus are based on him.
5: Do you have a picture of his grave? We, we before we opened the bar, we went to his grave. Oh, nice. I'm you, surprised uh, you
2: didn't want uh, to bring him back from the dead. Patrick,
5: take a letter. He's
3: too Mr. He's, tough. Tough. he's, he's too tough. Tough. <laughs> Is The Quiet Man a true story? Is that a great Irish
7: movie? It's no. not a true story, but it's a, it's a nice story. <laughs> John Wayne, <laughs> so, longest
3: fight scene in movie history. In the Quiet Man,
2: <laughs> Do, they should have a. They could have a maybe Patrick, movie poster. Maybe huh, Patrick could take
5: an homage to the Quiet Man. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so for just,
5: for just a little bit.
2: This weekend you have a, an Irish whiskey festival. Can you tell us about it?
6: Yeah, so with the Irish whiskey festival, as we've came and spoke to you guys today, we're really excited for people to walk away knowing a bit more about Irish whiskey because for a lot of people they know Jameson, Bushmills, and Tullamore and Sh- shots and stuff like that. We want to, uh, to educate people, uh, and we feel now is the right time because there's a, close to 25 distilleries now operating in Ireland. If we had had this festival a couple of years ago, it would have been shit um, because there was only three distilleries operating. Um, but there is an explosion right now, and we really want the, uh, the champion in the category. Um, so there's going to be over 25 brands. that have Where had. is it? It's going to be a PRA. Okay. And we have two sessions. There's one that runs from uh, 1 to 4, and then the, the other session starts at f- uh, 5.30. Um, so we think it's a great way to spend your, your, your Saturday, um, and it's, it's going to be really cool. We're going to have all the brands there, we're going to have a, a Dead Rabbit pop-up, so we'll be doing cocktails with Irish whiskey. Um, Obviously our Irish coffee will be heavily featured, and we'll also have bands and, and Irish food. So. As much as it's about Irish whiskey, we're also trying to, to promote Ireland in in, in general. Um, so we're, we're really excited to, to, to showcase it. And Can to we
3: broadcast a show, uh, the five of us, at, at your place one day uh, at, at 11 o'clock and be drinking as we're talking and all that? Yeah, have you ever you done that? Yeah. All right. But well, if you'd be willing to have us. That would be cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we, I mean, this way we can uh, We can taste the, the Irish, his coffee fifth Irish coffee. Mike's Irish coffee. And Guinness as My we talk about that it. Mike's passed out.
3: That was not a theremin. That was Mike losing control of his bodily processes.
2: So how do people find out about uh, the Irish Whiskey Festival? Is there so a website? You,
6: yeah, you can go onto the New York Irish Whiskey Festival, um, and then there's a direct link to Eventbrite to purchase tickets. So there's an entry-level ticket, and there's also a VIP ticket, which encompasses uh, some cocktails from the, the Dead Rabbit team that will be working at PRA. Um, cool. So you can get everything from the website.
7: I just like that, it, like, since we've come here, one thing that we've realised is that Americans, our customers and stuff, they they know a lot about whiskey and they drink a lot of whiskey, especially our bar. That's what we sell most of. They don't really know a lot about Irish whiskey because nobody ever took it seriously. Um, it was always Jameson. It was always a light type of thing you shot. It wasn't something that you sipped on and um, spent time over. But I think Americans are not... People, for example, that... Whiskey, whiskey drinkers are starting to realize that there's much more Irish whiskey than they previously thought so this is the first it's never happened before and we're excited and it's like you talking earlier um, it's going to take a while to get it where we want to get it but it has to be done we're, we're probably a wee bit ahead of the game here by doing this so soon but uh, it needs to be, we need to start it now we need yeah. to kick start it now. And
3: Ireland invented whiskey, <laughs> is that safe to say or, or it's more, more part of its culture than any other nationality? Is it what sorry? I mean, is, is Ir- does any other country embrace whiskey more than Ireland?
7: I would actually say America. <laughs> America. <laughs> yeah. But
3: America and Ireland, right? And was it invented by an Irishman? Or did you mention this earlier in the show? I mean, uh, English. I mean, do you consider it an Irish thing?
6: I mean, we cr- we created whiskey. Um, okay. The Scotch, the first, in terms of definition and in literature, it was first defined in, and, uh, in Ireland. When? And then like Scotch. 1300s? Yeah, 1300s. It was, yeah, it was ver- very early on. And When then archives uh, were started, yeah. yeah. And Scotland got in on the game, and obviously Scotland really uh, pushed on uh, during just before Prohibition and after because they adopted uh, green whiskey which made things more palatable. Mm-hmm. And then they were also very clever in terms of branding and also working with Americans during Prohibition where Irish distillers were they did. They, they didn't wanna. They didn't wanna do anything illegal, which is quite surprising. And and hindsight, um, but Ireland, Irish whiskey is definitely coming back. And I think there was a recent study said by twenty thirty two, we should be overtaking Scotch whiskey, um, which which would be awesome. But there's there's a big tradition obviously in Scotland. and There's a huge tradition Fuck in America. Um, Japan is is coming in on the game. Yeah. Um, and there's even a there's a bit of a movement in Australia now as well. They're they're getting in the
3: game. Japan
6: so. with every trend.
3: Japan's like we're gonna do it yeah. and we're gonna come in third. Yeah. <laughs> Or possibly fourth. (laughs)
7: But Japanese whiskey is really good, I have to say. It well, is they, really,
3: it is really good. Because they have so and, little space, everything they make yeah. is exquisite.
5: They're also, they're also very patient culture, so yeah. they they have no problem not speeding up the process yeah. and just making something that's that's very good. Yeah. It's well, it's they like, never drink because they, well thought they out. die before yeah. it's ready. It's they're probably like, the most um, sophisticated, I would say, because it's just very,
3: very. It's probably overly thought out. Yeah. Like they thought about it too much.
7: Yeah. It's like when we have Japanese whiskey in the bar, it sells out very very quickly. Yeah.
3: Because Everyone wants the Kobe of everything. Well, you're a sophisticate in some ways, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs>
7: uh, how, how do you figure?
2: <laughs> how is the dead rabbit celeba- celebrating Halloween tonight?
7: I mean, we, do, we don't. Are, is
2: there a sign outside no costumes allowed?
7: I mean, I mean we're, all, we're, <laughs> we're all embracing. Like, we're not going to turn people away, but we do not encourage it. We certainly don't promote come dressed up or anything what like
3: that. What about SantaCon? No. Oh, Those God. are
7: mostly Irish people. Sa- I thought. Sa- Sa- Santa Con is forbidden. No, nobody On that day, nobody is allowed into the bar with a uh, Santa uniform. Like, Brandon
3: was it. part of a, I think a writing campaign before. to kick Santa Con out of this neighborhood, or someone from your restaurant was. Oh, you said a writing campaign? Yeah, Do you right, think I've ever been involved in a writing campaign? <laughs> I can barely spell
5: my name. Wasn't it a petition? Yeah, there was a there was a petition. I definitely signed that petition as well. Yeah, who? I mean, nobody Santa really wants that worst. happening to their business. No, it's it's really, annoying, yeah. and it just pisses off your real customers. Yeah.
3: Can you guys uh, take a picture of us for the, our
4: Instagram in front the, of the bar today? The, the weird thing about Santa, the new Santa, bar, if you recall, which is crazy, is it started as some like sort of avant performance art thing with a couple of knuckleheads saying, like, "Hey, let's." Drive up like Santa Claus and go around with just a handful of people, it wasn't like you know, frat boy, you know, jock, drinkathon with people. Mike, we know you still do it, it was, because of like, that noble history, It was like odd, history. Oddball outlier performance art thing, and it just caught on in all the wrong possible ways. All right, Mike. All right, well, we'll see you luckily,
2: on Santa Ka- Yeah, tonight so is not I'm Santa start
4: a, star Con. a Happy, Happy Halloween, like everybody. Jack and Sean, thanks cousin. for
2: joining us. Have fun at the Irish Whiskey yeah, Festival.
1: This program is powered by SimpleCast.
2: The main course OG is powered by SimpleCast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us on Facebook